You are listening to Bear in Mind, the University of Northern Colorado's official podcast. Join us each episode as we listen to the voices from UNC faculty, staff, students, and alumni as they offer insights of local or national importance. This is your host, Dan and Cox, bringing you just a taste of UNC. I would like to read a poem that I wrote in 2011, and it's about, it's, it's basically, and ethnographic poetry is always grounded in your uh, research. That's where it comes from. And there is differences on, uh, there is differences uh, with the regular poetry, and they're a separate conversation. But this is an ethnographic poem. It is based on uh, probably, it could be a mother, it could be anyone, and a woman looking for someone who has disappeared. Uh, <clears throat> the poem doesn't have a title. She says, you're always an arrival, in the night, again at dawn and in between, with each new breath and the old one. And when the morning is quiet, sometimes a shadow, sometimes a voice, sometimes a brush against my hair, you come often, you have to. You're always arriving at the door, it doesn't close, but sways back heavy. Someone is outside. Let it be. I used to fear anyone could barge in. And those damned soldiers, now the door must remain open. It has to. My line face our new map, built of grief. It won't let you lose way. I keep looking at the alley bend from where they took you. The specter there, yes, it beckons. I step out, lamenting. Like when I lost you once in the bazaar, you're waiting for me, only this time, instead of candy, you want justice. Uh, so, uh, thinking about Kashmir and its history, there is a lot that's been written. There's, there's, uh, there's simply no scholar in Kashmir who, pro uh, in the South Asian region, not Kashmir, who might not have thought about Kashmir. And uh, there's lots uh, of scholarship that has come out on Kashmir, but most of it is either through the eyes of Indian scholars or Indian journalists or Indian activists or Pakistani activists, journalists, scholars. So there were, uh, so Kashmiri scholarship. Uh, there is Kashmiri scholarship and there are Kashmiri books, people who have written on Kashmir and who've been Kashmir, Kashmiri. But the in, uh, I would say the international scholarship has been kind of uh, bereft of uh, such a contribution. So in 2011, uh, what me, uh, what some of my uh, colleagues and friends, we got together who all work on Kashmir, most of us are, are Kashmiris and some are scholars of Kashmir. We got together thinking that we need to bring Kashmiri voices out, especially uh, we have to get together and collaborate on projects to kind of look at the scholarship um, that's coming out and also the scholarship that is uh, being fostered right now. So we formed the Critical Kashmir uh, Studies it's a network of, uh, uh, we're actually five core founding members, and then we have affiliates who work with us on different projects. And uh, so we uh, are trying to carve spaces for ourselves in different, and the kind of research we do, uh, we are, uh, right now we're engaged in uh, 
I, I would like to say many projects, uh, you know, guest editing different uh, publications. Uh, we're writing our own books. We are doing collaborative projects. Then we also like to involve young. We also mentor young students and young grad students and researchers and independent researchers in Kashmir. And then we also do summer projects in Kashmir where we are trying to sort of like uh, take the take the research that we have seen and read and uh, that we have uh, witnessed ourselves in different parts of the world and also in the U.S. academe and kind of take it back to uh, Kashmiri students and activists and talk to them and also try to uh, gather a narrative around what's happening in Kashmir through Kashmiri eyes. That's that's the most pivotal and most important thing for us. Uh, and I think uh, in the last uh, several years, we've been able to uh, take our narratives to different places. Like as academics, we would be presenting them anyways. But what we are trying to do is really concertedly uh, say, uh, for example, in Madison, which is a, uh, where the South Asia conference takes place annually, we usually try to do something and try to involve other people. So that's how we kind of take these narratives to different places, to different universities, and also collaborate with activists back in Kashmir so that we can uh, put our heads together and think about the Kashmiri perspective and bring it, really bring it to the surface. Because so far, anything and everything that people mostly know about Kashmir is either the Indian narrative or the Pakistani narrative. And that's what we are trying to uh, look at from within the academia and also taking uh, with us the activists and other scholars who are not inside academia. That's what critical, critical, critical Kashmir study does. So Kashmir Lit is a part of the same process, like kind of trying to think and bringing people's voices. So um, the Lit is not for literature, but it's for to be lighted, sort of to be lit. So that's, that's what Kashmir Lit is. Uh, it's a forum where I, f I founded it uh, in 2008, and what I wanted to do was uh, bring Kashmiri voices, the diasporic voices, and the yeah, people who are back uh, in Kashmir. They write and especially think uh, in creative forms as well. So bringing poetry, bringing uh, performance pieces, and bring bringing um, all kinds of um, you know things that people are writing. Uh, to a place where uh, it's not just confined within Kashmir, but also international audiences reading it. And uh, I'm so happy the way it's working. Uh, Kashmir Lit has been part of several research papers, so you kind of see that as a measure of success, that it's being considered in some ways. And uh, we have a, our poetry section is more well-developed where people are sending their work in. And uh, there are a lot of Kashmiris right now. Resistance has taken, the Tehreek has taken a cultural form. People are writing, they're writing like, as uh, in Andalad's words, they're writing like they're dying, which is what they are really. Um, so Kashmir Lit is forming into this place, and it's not just Kashmir Lit, there are several other outlets. And the fact is that uh, the, the best part about it is that it's on the internet. So a lot of people have access to it. And uh, it does, ma it does majority of the publishing is creative writing. And uh, also trying to uh, sort of look at resistance uh, through the prose side of it, look at books. So it is uh, a very magazine-like format, but the idea is to foster writing, to foster expression. Because Kashmiris have no expression. There is, there is you cannot talk inside Kashmir. It's very cens censored. I myself used to write under pseudonym for the longest time. And uh, people mistook me, f uh, mistook that column for someone as, uh, you know, the author was a man because, you know, such as repression, people are continuing to write under pseudonyms. And uh, 
poetry becomes very easy sometimes because you don't pay as much attention to poetry as you pay, uh, pay to the prose. So recently we uh, advertised for, not advertised, we sent a call out for resistance poetry and we got many submissions. Uh, we couldn't carry all of them, but uh, it seemed like everyone was thinking and writing and uh, you know feeling resistance in what they thought and then uh, putting these uh, poems across. And I, f I feel like uh, in, in a society that's under laws such as the AFSPA, creative art forms become very meaningful because they can't say these things directly. So Kashmir Lit is part of that process to kind of foster expression, but also uh, foster creative arts because you know it, it, it's, it's less uh, censored in a way. No one will pay attention to the poem, which is a fallacy because I think it's poems that change the world. Yeah. So there's an edited volume that uh, just came out. It's been uh, edited by, uh, you could say this has been edited by Critical Kashmir Studies people. And uh, it's a, a book that I co-edited with uh, Haley Dushinsky, Mona Bhan, and Cynthia Mahmood. It's called Resisting Occupation in Kashmir. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a collection of articles based on Kashmir. So a lot of Kashmiris have contributed to this and they, they are talking about the occupation. And when I said earlier, Indian administered Kashmir, I was using the technical term, but more and more scholarship that is coming out of critical Kashmir studies, we are addressing it as an occupation, just like you would see any other occupation and occupying power inside a place. Because, all, because most of uh, the symbolics and the legalese uh, that, 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 that apply to any occupation apply to what India is doing inside Kashmir. So all kinds of cultural and legal symbols are present and people are resisting India in a way they would resist. And they also, in colloquial terms, they also call it an occupier. And uh, all of those, those colloquialisms are also there. And culturally, pa Kashmiris are uh, culturally prone to resist India since 1947. So the book is titled Resisting Occupation in Kashmir. And uh, it's like, it, uh, we feel uh, it's just been released, but we kind of know the way we have posed it is that it, poised, the way that it is posed is that it's a reader on Kashmir. So anyone who doesn't know anything about Kashmir, and this is one of our projects that came to fruition in uh, 2018, and this is part of the, what we are pursuing inside Critical Kashmir Studies to re rethink and uh, re sort of re not just revise, but go back and excavate these narratives that tell us what Kashmir is about. So we feel that this book is going to do a lot of service to critical Kashmir studies. <laughs> So this poem is, uh, this poem is August in Kashmir. August is a very, uh, it's a fraught month in Kashmir because it was uh, in 1947, August 14 and 15 is the day when, uh, Kashmir, uh, when Pakistan and India got their independence. And what happens in Kashmir is that in this month, there's a lot of surveillance uh, there's always a lot of surveillance, but this is this is an incredibly tough month for Kashmiris. They can't even step out. They have to be frisked. They there is soldiers everywhere, and uh, there's uh, the roads are closed, and especially where uh, the government is going to celebrate the Independence Day, and you can't really go around those areas. And also a lot of violence does occur. There is a lot of disproportionate violence that Indian Army does met out on the people, and. Uh, so this poem is based on that kind of a situation. It's titled August in Kashmir. 
August in Kashmir is a siege on steroids. India wrapped in saffron, Pakistan awash in green. Kashmir as always soaks in blood, red of its old and young, those being born and those not yet. The partition has become a stone in hand, answering bullets that kill and blind every day. In Kashmir, mothers live to wait for the disappeared. Fathers survive only to bury the killed. All epitaphs read, Azadi, Azadi, Azadi. Azadi is the aspiration of freedom in Kashmir.